The player recaps continue. This time, James Booknight is up. David Walker joins us to discuss the second-year pro out of UConn, and then we answer some more questions from the sicko satchel, all today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. It's Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available anywhere you get your pods. That does include YouTube, by the way. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's Doug Branson, as always. You can find him on his Substack, everyoneatsboxcore.com. And that's David Walker. He's a freak in the sneaks. Follow him <laughs> on Twitter, at David B. Walker. I think we have a winner. <laughs> just just when uh, you think, just yeah. when you think that I've run out of ideas, <laughs> I come out with Freak and the Sneaks. Oh, yeah, that's the best one, man. Um, freak and the Sneaks. Speaking of them, uh, we did have a historic moment happen last week. Me and the OG, as they call him, the OG Walker of the pod, we got to meet in person for the first time. It was glorious. He hopped on WFNZ. We talked sneaks because he is a freak about him. We talked a little. What else did we talk about? I don't even remember. Last week was a blur. I think we talked a little Hornets, Lamelo. We talked the Pumas, which are more shoe talk. Yeah. We got, we got, yeah. uh, we got a lot taken care of in our first in-person meeting. Yeah, where was my invite? You're in Nashville, oh, man. man. You left us. That's right. That's right. Yet, oh, it was yet, fantastic. You guys, we talked a little too much golf. <laughs> we did, and uh, I was nervous about that's that. That's actually true. Everything that's not well. a joke. That's not a joke. We we tried to make the whole fashion thing work too. Like Wes had a good question, I guess, about golf. But I was like, you know, we probably are talking too much golf here. I'm good too dangerous number- for radio. That's that's the whole thing. You would you wouldn't even. Is- I mean, it's a, you say I'm in Nashville. You could be, you could get me on the phone. The rest oh, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, David was in person, so he hopped on. But now this is in-person invite only. So when you come to Charlotte, we'll have you hop on the mic, and we'll see just how dangerous you are. Uh, Good news for the listeners here. We're not going to talk about golf really at all. We're going to talk about James Booknight continuing the player recaps. And this is a big one because this is the first-round pick, along with Kai Jones, by the way, but a little bit later they traded up for him. James Booknight has been the most disappointing first round pick in the Mitch Kupchak era so far. And maybe I, ever, you know, when, maybe ever. And it, well, you know, I'll, I'll leave that for everybody else to decide there. There is a rich history <laughs> of draft picks that uh, have not panned out here in Charlotte. Yes. It's, it's not like yeah. the bar is low there. It's a pretty high bar for book night to clear, but in the Mitch Kupchak era, you're talking Mitch, Br- uh, miles bridges, you're talking PJ Washington, LaMelo Ball, and now even Mark Williams. So even the guy after that season, his competition is Kai Jones, but Kai Jones was drafted later, and we all thought Book Knight would be able to contribute right away. If you want to do the numbers real quick, it's an mm-hmm. ugly story. The, the last two years, the field goal percentage has been absolutely awful, and so has three-point percentage. Now, the only endearing thing about James Book Knight's game to this point is those last few games that he played at the end of this season, he appeared in game 75 through 82 and he shot 37% from three, which isn't bad. Like he gave us a little hope, but at the beginning of the season, he played in the first 19 games 
and the numbers were just atrocious all across the board. There's no way to slice it any other way. It is. It was awful, and Book Knight found himself out of the rotation until the very end of the season. David, I'll ask you, confidence meter that Book Knight can figure it out here in Charlotte, where is that right now for you? Well, it's got to be pretty low, honestly. Unfortunately, I mean, we're all pulling for Book Knight, and 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 for his credit, you know, he says that he still wants to make it happen here. He wants to come back and be in that backcourt um, with Lamelo. Unfortunately, you know, he's had his shots, he's had his looks this year, uh, and on and off the court, it's just been really bumpy, and it's hard for a coaching staff to trust a player like that or or someone that, and uh, they can't you know, count on them to, to do what they need them to do out there. So, you know, you, you kind of look at the Malik Monk situation. The, the similarities are there. You hope maybe he can turn it around here. But obviously a massive, massive offseason, really, and, and start to the season next year for, for book night. Uh, fingers crossed, and I know everybody's pulling for him, but it just feels like a lot is on him to turn this thing yeah, around. Yeah, and I short just to clean house a little bit here, right? I mean, you're talking the 38% three-point percentage. Just wanted to be clear before the book night commenters come at me. I, I did short him one percentage point, three-point percentage-wise at okay. the last little bit that he had. And, Doug, we talked about it. Those last seven games that he appeared in, it was something, right? And we had not gotten that from him except for a Sacramento outing in his rookie season, we had like two games in his rookie year. Were those last seven games at the end of this season enough to boost some confidence level? Or do you feel the same after the first 20 games he played? Um, you know, even going back all the way to really, he played October, November, did not play in December, a frequent part of the rotation. Do you feel the same you did back in December? No, I don't. I, I think he's going to have to reprove that he deserves another shot, a, a similar shot that he got early in the season. I think he's going to have to reprove that by having a great summer. I remember he didn't get a summer at all uh, last yeah. offseason because he had to have hand surgery to repair a tendon on his pinky finger. I find it strange that we, ne we, did, we never found out like how he broke his hand. Like Typically, when a first-round pick – breaks their hand we get some indication as to why that happened whether it was a pickup game or you know tripped and fell down the stairs like we just don't know why that happened I, I was I just super find that strange and I think I find that strange because he has had several incidents uh you, you know that that show a lack of maturity that evidence a lack of maturity and so, you know, one, I think one then goes to speculate, you know, wh how did that hand surgery or how did the hand injury happen? Uh, was it something that is understandable or was it just another incident that you could file under? Wow. What is James Book Knight thinking, you know, uh, in terms of staying healthy and staying available and staying ready? But no, I don't think the last seven games did it for me. And I'll tell you why. One, he wasn't consistent with the play, you know, it was up or it was way down. And number two, Steve Clifford himself told us, you know, really don't take these last seven, eight games very seriously in yeah. terms of projecting how players are going to do when they face real competition. The Hornets did play some teams in the, in the Western Conference that were trying to make the playoffs. But at the same time, they played a lot of other teams that weren't really serious, you know, weren't throwing serious lineups out there, were gearing up for playoffs and different things. And so, you know, I, I think we have to take a little bit of what happened there with a grain of salt because it's really about how does James Booknight play when he's surrounded by – five or the six big rotation pieces which weren't available in those games and he showed us that early in the season and those returns 
were not good at all, both offensively and defensively as well. He just doesn't look he doesn't look ready. We'll see what he does this offseason. He want you know, at least for for his part, he wants to be here. I mean, he mm-hmm. wants to stick it out. At least right. that's what he told Rod Boone in this article that he did. You know, he said he wants to wants to try to make this work. But from the really, it's the ball's not really in his court at this point. The Hornets have to decide whether they want to make it work with Book Knight moving forward. David, did you have some other thoughts before we move on? Talk a little bit more about James Book Knight. No, I just agree with what Doug said. I think we, we we both we both echoed that he wants to be here, but right now it's just it feels like an uphill battle, you know. Um, yeah, and he really has not played in very many meaningful NBA games up to this point, and and you know that's not a good sign. And also, guys, he's not. It's not like he's he's uh, lighting Greensboro on fire on a nightly basis when he goes there. I don't I don't know all of his stats, um, and and I'm sure he's had some good games there, but but you're not seeing the massive output of scoring uh, on a regular basis down there. So, you know, yeah, huge, huge summer for James Booknight. Maybe even more than No, yeah, else. I completely agree. Steve Clifford even talked about that as well. And he did give him, I don't know how much leeway is the right word, but he did say that because he missed a lot of the summer last year, that really affected him. So hopefully he can have a good offseason. All right, let's continue to talk a little bit more about Booknight. I, I want to dissect his game a little bit more. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What was the difference in his style of play at the end with that last opportunity compared to what he did at the beginning of the season and even in his rookie year? We'll get to some more of that in the next segment. But again, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. It is the place for last-minute ticket deals. You can forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, so you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, but not only just sporting events. You also can get them for concerts, comedy theater and even more than that the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you actually get money back get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. More book night coming up next. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Back with Locked On Hornets. I can't wait to get to one topic in particular in the third segment. Um, Maybe pertaining, I'll give you a little hint, pertaining to a twin. Wrong twin? Wrong twin? No, no, don't. Nope. Nope. We're not doing that. That is not the. Plus, I wouldn't be smiling about that. I wouldn't be happy about that segment. We're we're not doing that one in the third. Uh, it, It pertains to one of the drops that we have. I don't believe we've heard it in a while, though. So maybe we can dig that one up. I did want to discuss more James Booknight, though, because we talked about it during that seven-game sample size that he had at the end of the season. And he was playing pretty differently 
you know, he was chucking it, right? Like this was a guy that was evaluated out of college as being a great finisher at the rim. That is where he was such an effective score. We always had questions about his three-point shot, but in those last seven games, Booknight was taking more. I mean, and not even just the seven. Really, you can go to the last six because, no, it was seven. Okay, because so he p- appeared in eight, but the, the first one was just like a minute and 20 seconds. He was really a part of the rotation and that second win against Dallas when they won back-to-back. So in those last seven games, he was taking 10 field goal attempts per game. And 6.4 of those field goal attempts were going to uh, the three-point line. He shot 38%, though. Mm-hmm. So he was making quite a bit of them, but he was chucking at a rate he had not done before. Only three attempts in his rookie season playing, you know, in, uh, I believe, 30 contests. Yeah, 31 appearances for him um, in 21 and 2022. And it just felt like he wasn't being aggressive enough. And I know that's simplistic. I, I get it. But it just felt like James Booknight would take, you know, a li- would take the shot as soon as he th- thought he saw an opportunity, and you want him to be able to knock that down, but you just didn't see the kind of aggression that you were used to seeing from him in previous appearances, and and, and I wonder if that is how he really improves going forward if if this is if there needs to be some kind of happy medium something like that I mean he was shooting quite a bit from the three-point line David what did you make of his style of play watching him at the beginning and watching him at the end yeah I mean to Clifford's point and we all know this right I mean those games towards the end of the season it's so hard to evaluate and, and perhaps that plays into this a little bit as well but I'm sure he's thinking, you know, I've got to fill it up. Uh, that's mm-hmm. my opportunity to, to find minutes on the court uh, and, and prove to this staff that I can score and be a complimentary piece right now, maybe. But, yeah, it feels like uh, the aggressiveness from him is more of what they'll want to see. I mean, summer league is going to be fascinating. And, uh, it, you know, anything – but here's the thing, Walker. Anything good is good, <laughs> right? Anything positive for him on the floor – However, he produces it, I think, at the end of the season is a step in the right direction. Uh, it's still just up in the air what kind of player he is going to be for this team. So if he can find a niche uh, and, and, and fill that void anywhere, I, I think it's good. But, you know, everything is still on the table for him. So however he wanted to play uh, and however he can provide something for that team, I'm sure was, was maybe a little vote of confidence uh, for him and himself. But, yeah, interesting to see him kind of just start jacking up as opposed mm-hmm. to being more aggressive. Doug, what did you make of his defense? I know you had some comments on that end of the floor as Book Knight tried to figure it out. I thought he looked a little bit better at that end of the floor towards the end of the season. I thought he was much more active on the defensive end, getting into passing lanes, but also keeping his man in front a little bit more. Uh, just seemed more aware. Uh, so I think that that that's really important because I think Book Knight has to find a way to impact the game positively and only take six, seven, eight shots instead of taking 15, 16 shots, right? Because, and, and those were, but look, he had games where he did that, where he took a lot of shots and was successful against Chicago. He had 22 points on eight of 16 shooting, but he's just not going to get that many shots, shot opportunities, you know, in a legitimate role within this rotation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think he has to do that. And the other thing is just make good decisions when he has the ball in his hands, quick oh, yeah, decisions. You know, one. I think when, the pro- I think when problems stack up for James Booknight, it's when he's over dribbling, not making the obvious pass, and it ends up 
in him taking a shot that's ill-advised. <laughs> there was one, I think this happened towards the end of the season. There was one point when Dell Curry was talking about James Booknight as James Booknight was dribbling the ball of the floor. And Dell Curry essentially was saying, look, you know, what James Booknight just has to do is not force the action. Really let the game come to him. He couldn't even finish the sentence before Booknight jacked up a deep three with, <laughs> with a hand in his face. And it was just like a no-chancer. But then he follows that up a couple of possessions later with passing the ball around. The ball comes back around, finds him open for three, and he knocks it down. So, you know, I think this is a lot about less about just pure talent, which I think Book Knight has in spades, and more about mentality and just understanding the game and not feeling that sense of like, and this is hard because his his career kind of is on the line at this point. But you, but you can't play like that. You can't go out every night thinking, oh, my God, I, this game is make or break for my entire career. I just can't imagine that that results right. in you playing within the system and playing well. Um, and you mentioned the turnovers. It's exactly the next point I was going to go to. If you want to do the cleaning the glass thing, the website that does not – count garbage time stats you look at the turnover percentage for the charlotte hornets when he was out on the floor doug and they were in the one percentile they were the worst team when he was out there on the floor when it came to turning the basketball over and that fits the eye test you know when you talk about book night being out there it's now look maybe i'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth i want book night to put the ball on the deck and dribble towards the basket but i also don't know how comfortable i feel and some of that is in transition when he has the basketball in his hands for the duration of the transition possession rather than just hey you kick it out to him at half court rather than him bringing it up or you know you're talking about just you know one two get to the basket and then go up strong like that's what you want to see but you're right. I don't know how good the handle is. And there's so many times where he drives in the paint where I feel like one of the wily old vets will just throw their hand in there and knock the basketball loose. And then it'll go haywire. And then you have transition coming the other way. I felt like we saw that a lot from book night. It does feel like that's correctable, right? Like it does feel like, okay, one, two, squeeze the basket, squeeze the orange as Clark Kellogg would like to say. And then go to the basket strong so you don't just have the veterans picking their spots on when the tap the basketball lose. I just felt like that was a big part of the reason why he couldn't hold on to it all that much. We got to see him in summer league, right? We yeah, got yeah. to see him in summer league. He can't skip summer league, right? right? Yeah. What do you want to see oh, from God, him in no. summer yeah, league? Summer league is huge for him. Yeah. Well, I just think mixing his ability, you know, at UConn, so much of the offense ran through him or was dependent on him, right? So I think to Doug's point, playing within the system, doing what the coaches want him to do, and then when need be, you know, take 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 over or take a shot or 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 no or just pick his um, pick his spots, right? But he's got to be able to play within the system. He's got to be able to make everyone around him better if he can do that as well. So I think just finding some of that success that he. Had, at UConn and being able to transition that up to the uh, to the NBA level, but he's got to have some success in summer league. Uh, he's got to help his teammates have some, some success as well. System that this team is running and show you know him, he showed the team and, and probably other teams at this point um, that he can play in this league. We'll see what happens for him this offseason, as we've mentioned quite a bit. It's huge, and I hope that he's able to figure it out. And I hope he's able to figure it out here. If we want to talk about just some of the guys that affect him, you know, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, oh, the backcourt, you know, the backcourt <clears throat> is it, Cody Martin, if he comes back, not Caleb, Doug, not Caleb Martin. Wrong but Cody Martin, if Cody. he comes back, 
uh, anybody that you need. And Bryce McGowan's is somebody also that played well and got more time than him. I was I was combing through some memories uh, in my little app that I keep all my uh, every Hornets box score notes in, and I stumbled upon that second Toronto game, and I wrote this: James Book Knight was limited by early foul trouble, including a foul as the buzzer sounded on the first quarter. All three of his first quarter fouls were committed while the Raptors were in the bonus, chipping away at a near double-digit lead the Hornets had built. He didn't play at all in the second quarter. So that's what I mean by the last few games don't give me as much promise as I think they had the opportunity to because that quarter, that first quarter came after two two straight uh, 20-point-plus games scoring for James Booknight where he looked excellent, then he follows it up with just disastrous decision making it's not even like oh that was a a chalk it up that's a bad one it's compounding mistakes on mistakes on mistakes those are the kinds of things that a coach has to look at and go can I trust this guy he's gonna have to reestablish that trust this summer yeah there's no doubt about it um all right that'll do it for James Booknight the player recap for the second year UConn product we'll uh we'll see hopefully what this uh, offseason means for him in a positive way we'll go to the sicko satchel coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet because David is here and he is a freak in the sneaks we have a sneaker question for him that we'll get to in the third segment this episode is brought to you by prize picks it's a fantasy app or fantasy uh, sports website where you can pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections available and they offer projections on anything you watch the NBA they've got that included for you the nfl the mlb men's and women's college basketball soccer wnba esports nascar disc golf euro basketball cricket all right i'm done but there's plenty more just go check it out for yourself download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first-time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with promo code locked on if you deposit 100 they give you 100 if you deposit 50 Price picks gives you 50. You get the idea. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Sicko Satchel from you sickos coming up next. Locked on Hornets is locked on Hornets. I'm glad we have YouTube now for everybody to see just how bulk you are. Can you give us a gun show flash real quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and you, man. Look, 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 look at that look at drape. That. Look at That's 100% grade A. Look, here I am doing it. Look at these noodle arms right here. Look, they just flow. We got it. Listen. listen. Yep. Yeah. You want chicken wings. If if you've been starving for some chicken wings, this is the show for you, folks. (laughs) YouTube.com forward slash chicken wings. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, I was wondering if you were going to go to it, if we even have it in the rotation anymore. But I thought maybe, just maybe, we would hear the Lonnie Walker drop last uh, today after last night's performance. Single-handedly? Nah, not, that, that's not a hyperbole. Single-handedly beating the Golden State Warriors to get a 3-1 lead because of his fourth quarter performance. Do we have the Lonnie Walker drop anymore? Uh, we do. It's buried somewhere uh, deep within the recesses of my computer. But I'll just say this. Uh, I was right. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I like, know. you know, you eventually your arms, I knew you were about to say something. Like, well, you know, eventually I'm right about all these draft prospects. I mm-hmm. want everyone to remember that as I give out my draft roses right now, uh, big on Cam Whitmore. I'm going to be so right about him, whether, whether the Hornets end up drafting him or not. Uh, when I give out draft roses, they don't look sometimes when you plant a seed. Okay. I don't know if you guys know a lot about gardening. Sometimes when you mm-hmm. plant a seed, it doesn't immediately sprout up. You have to be patient. You have to wait on it. You have to nurture that seed. But eventually, if you take care of it, and if you really understand what it takes to garden, then you you get a beautiful flower. And, and that's what's happening with Lonnie Walker. That's what happens with all of my draft roses. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, I regret bringing that up now, so I apologize <laughs> to the listeners. Uh, he did have a good game, though, last night. So shout to Lonnie. We don't want to ruin your moment by any oh. means. Let's go to the sicko satchel. This question for David. Tomello Top. Great name. He wrote in, do you think LaMelo should start wearing the ankle braces, the ones that are being rocked by Steph Curry? Question mark, question mark, question mark. He really wants to know this answer, David. He's a sicko. He's a sicko. I mean, this is a great, this is another great example of a sicko question (laughs) because they're desperate for the Hornets to have a superstar. And there's fear right now amongst the fan base around LaMelo ball and these ankles, David. (laughs) I know. Well, guys, I think it's such a comfort thing for individual players. I mean, stuff I feel like was he's whatever those two by fours he's got on either side of his ankle that he wears <laughs> and they work for him. Whatever's going to work for Lamelo uh, is what he needs to do. You know, I would, I don't often do this, but I would lean towards the medical and the athletic training staff uh, <laughs> to guide Lamelo onto, you know, where what he would like know? to go with these. But um, yeah. I, I, I also correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it felt like the Curry ankle stuff was a bit more chronic and that it just kept happening almost in the same place or, 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 or I don't know. This feels this Lamella stuff feels pretty and chronic. It's been a little more hit or miss. <laughs> it feels pretty chronic. Well, I know, but it's, you know, he's got the hand, but he's also stepped on people's feet, you know, and, and, and so it's been a little more, um, I don't know, Freaky. Uh, random, it seems like to me, but. Yeah, just a little more freaky. So if if Lamelo is comfortable sneaky. with him, go for it. But but it helps him feel better, sure. But I mean, uh, yeah, that look, you you want his ankles to be protected as much as possible, and if it's comfortable and the doctors are advising it, then yeah, you need to wear them, right? Like I I hope that that is something that can happen. With David's yeah. point, though. You know, w- with it happening to the same spot on the ankle, we did get a different injury that eventually held him out for the rest of the season. It wasn't the same injury that he had suffered the previous few times before the season actually started when he did step on PJ or PJ Washington stepped on, on his ankle. I forget which one it was. I think it was PJ stepping on him. And then, of course, the fan, right? LaMelo did step yep. on the fan's uh, foot that was in the uh, that was out of bounds. So a couple of freak injuries there. And then the right. last one was a little different in what it affected and that eventually held him out for the rest of the season. You weren't already playing, um, you know, you were already not playing for a postseason birth. You were already out of it by that point. So it made sense. Yeah. If it's comfortable, if doctors are advising it, then, then I advise it. Yes. My, my, my opinion is ditto (laughs) from whatever the doctors are saying. Well, I wonder, you know, apart from doctor's advice, it, it, when, when reading up on the Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry going to these ankle devices. It felt to me like Steph Curry was doing it partly for uh, just sort of mental comfort, 
of like, I want to feel mm-hmm. like it's okay to do the things that I want to do on the court and that I have support down there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you would really, LaMelo Ball would have to evaluate, you know, okay, how healthy do I feel? And am I questioning making a move left or right because of these ankles? Am I questioning a dribble move? So remember, one of those injuries was, you know, him just making a behind-the-back dribble, okay? So, like, you know, if he starts That was the end, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the last one. Right, so if he starts to question those kinds of things, that's going to kill your game. I mean, he plays on pure, you know, instinct and, and, and all of that stuff. So, like... He has to feel comfortable. Yeah, he has feel. to feel 100%. And if, if ankle devices do that for him, then I say, you know, do whatever it takes. Understanding that when you, pl- when you do that, that's going to introduce another variable. I think those devices actually injured Steph Curry at one point, of yeah. maybe a season or two ago, like because he tried to make a cut and it didn't, it didn't hurt his ankle, it, but the device like stabbed into his leg <laughs> and, and mm. that, uh, you know, provided like, <laughs> I think awesome. he was out maybe a game or something or out a little bit. So, you know, you have to, you have to figure that out, but look, I get the fear from the sickos. They've waited so long and it finally looks like we have drafted an all NBA player. Uh, David, are, do you consider yourself a sicko? Are you in the sicko brigade? Do you remember Keith Bogans? <laughs> that's oh yeah that's i mean test. clearly i'm a sicko dog yeah <laughs> clearly we're all sickos here uh on a weekly basis and you guys on a daily one so for sure i mean i appreciate all those good questions don't think i haven't thought about it myself um i had somebody on twitter apologies to the twitter handle not giving it love i need to look it up real quickly but they asked if uh courtney lee was a sicko or they said that was their favorite and the thing about courtney lee is that he's not going to the, the He's memorable because he had a huge shot, but he wasn't here long enough. So is he like the captain of the sicko brigade or did he have too big of a moment to be a member of the sicko team? I, that that's a tough one for me to decide. Well, I, I fit to me. It feels like Courtney Lee was part of a positive moment and it's the sick, yeah. the, the, the sicko oh, yeah. brigade is filled with players Fair. that, were playing well, but amongst a lot of sadness and despair. Yeah. And there was there certainly they, they didn't win that series. Um, yeah, that was Purple Shirt Guy's fault. It wasn't Courtney Lee's fault. Uh, and so right. there was certainly some sadness around not winning that series. But I don't think it it reaches the level of sicko that somebody like Joel Prisbilla does. You know? No, yeah, no. Oh, or uh, I believe. Maybe captain of the sicko team fits more of a Trevion Graham. Maybe that too. It's more the captain. Had some moments there. Had some moments in summer league. Had some moments in uh, training camp. Yeah, Trevion Graham. Yeah, that would be the one. All right. Uh, I did want to go real quickly, just talking about the Lamelo ankle injuries, just to get that clear. So he suffered a grade two sprain in his left ankle that made him unavailable for the opening 13 games. Uh And then three games after that, that's when he stepped on a fan's foot, re-aggravated that left ankle, but he was out the rest of the season with the injury Doug was talking about when he fractured his right ankle. So mm-hmm. obviously they're both. It's not just one injury happening to the Maybe same part. These. All right. Yeah, you're right. He's wearing both. Just wear both ankle braces <laughs> no. and play. From there. I think you like should, that, yeah. I think he should have medieval armor, right? I mean, just like, I think he should wear those things that the Knights wear, you know, just, mm-hmm. Not the Charlotte Knights, but like actual medieval knights. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, if that's if that's regulation, I don't know if he could do. It, but I'm talking like just full metal. Like he when he steps, it's like clank, 
clank, clank, clank. Yeah, I think that's uh, what you should wear. Look, you want to be 100%. Yeah, whatever you'd wear in order to go to a jousting event. Same yeah. thing, just except point guarding <laughs> the Charlotte Hornets. All right, that'll do it <clears throat> for this edition of Locked on Hornets. That's David Walker, freaking the sneaks, baby. Absolutely love it. We appreciate his time. Also, Doug Branson, check clank, out his stuff stack. Every HornetsBoxScore.com. That sounds like the Hornets season last year. And I'm Walker <laughs> Mail. You can catch me on WFNZ from 12 Good to one. 3 every single weekday thanks for making us your first listen make your second listen game to game nba every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers every contest from across the league with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nba available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast we'll see you sickos tomorrow have a great rest of your day